0: As humans, we are born as close to emotionally flawless as we will ever be. As kids, we are molded by our experiences and the people in our lives. We are so impressionable in our youth that some sort of emotional trauma is inevitable. There may be different levels of severity that one may suffer from, all the way from the child that was sexually abused and now feels ashamed and worthless, to the child who was overprotected and wanted for nothing but now as an adult feels inadequate and hopeless. No matter the life circumstances, there is no escaping emotional trauma. There is nothing we can do as parents or guardians to prevent our children from experiencing it in one way or another. We will not stop future generations from feeling this pain, but we can put a stop to their suffering of it. A good way to start accomplishing just that is for us adults to talk about how our emotional trauma affected us and more importantly what methods we have used to turn our suffering into empowerment and to help me do just that i have returning guests philip rendon victor vega gentlemen welcome back to the podcast thank you thank you so if you don't know or haven't heard uh both, All three of us have done podcast number 30 and number 29, so if you haven't listened to us together, take some time to go listen to those. Uh, if you really want to get to know Philip, listen to episode number 13, and to really get to know Vic, listen to number 20. And so with that, fellas, moving forward, again, thank you for coming on. I want to talk about this because uh, I feel it's much needed, as I just read before, and I and I truly thank you for being uh, able to step up the plate and do so with me. So, Philip, I'm gonna start off with you. With the question and uh, and we'll answer it following you. What are your top three consequences in life. Caused by not feeling or showing emotions.
1: Uh, I would say top three. Number one that comes to mind is how it affects relationships, whether uh, whether it be with 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 family or uh, friends or anyone else like that. So I feel like uh, shutting down and not showing emotion really limits or affects relationships. Um, it also, as a kid, like shutting down those emotions about feeling bad and things like that would would allow you to do negative things that you wouldn't do normally. You know, whether it be violence or or um, you know anything in, anything of that nature you know like i when i whenever i would get in a fight i would feel bad about it but i learned how to shut those emotions down um so i'm, I'm glad that i'm i'm not shutting that down now so that it makes me more like a more accountable um for those feelings that, that actually protect us from doing more negative things and uh, number 3 i think it just kind of like uh, it affects you spiritually or affects me spiritually cuz you shut shut down the emotion like I'm not feeling this hurt. So it's not something that I have to address within myself, uh-huh. you know, or, or, um, it's not something that I have to correct within myself. So you just become like spiritually numb. So I think those, those are the three that probably affect me the most that and, and they're all kind of intertwined.
0: And, and when it comes to your family, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like how it's affected you and your family?
1: Um, I, I. I'd be able to shut like, when well, somebody was say, for instance, somebody would offend me within my family. I'm able to, I would, I would shut that down or I, I call it like, I ice them or I block them out, you know? So instead of dealing with maybe whatever it was that offended me or whatever it was that made me sad, I would just uh, shut them out and like, and I'm pretty good at shutting people out for long periods of time, which is not good because it doesn't resolve any of the conflict and those are loved ones, you know?
0: Yeah, which I think becomes a root, of many more problems. Instead of handling when it happens, a lot of times we're numb in the in the instance where we could make an impactful decision, we just block yeah. it out.
1: Yes, yeah, so, you know. And then what I would do, or what I still struggle with, is uh, I'll isolate myself. Mm-hmm. So I just won't talk to anybody. I'll just, uh, you know, just kind of shut down any kind of uh, feeling of abandonment or being sad or missing that person, and just convince convince myself that I just don't care, when yeah. really you do. It would, you wouldn't be offended if you didn't care yeah so yeah. It, it affects relationships like that big time you know and if, if somebody's like approaching me on something that i don't necessarily want to deal with or talk about with them i just shut them down so that's that sometimes it's a self-protective mechanism and it's it's a good thing because you could kind of uh protect yourself from having conversations that you're not ready for that may trigger you for something else but a lot of times it's bad because you just you shut down any kind of progress in that that area
0: and is that something you've carried over since childhood, and you're still you still deal with it oh, yeah. that way?
1: Yeah, I struggle with it big time, man. Like struggle big time, and that, and it's affected me from the standpoint where I wouldn't get help like uh, through therapy, or or um, even since I was a little kid, for some reason I would be able to convince therapists that I was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's just another way of shutting down. So um, yeah, I I struggle with that big time. It's, to me, a- it's easier. It's easier to shut off those emotions of, of of sadness or disappointment and just not deal with those people at all, um, but it doesn't do you any good in the long run.
0: Do you do you think about it to yourself differently? Like as a child, maybe in your teens, you thought of yourself when you did that as being strong, and now as an adult, do you think when you think of it, that to yourself, do you think differently? Um, I
1: I think generally speaking, I'm thinking about everything differently now because I'm exploring more how my mind works. Um, I'm exploring trauma. I'm exploring like uh, the different things that trigger me. So uh, I'm thinking about it differently now from that standpoint, like um, read something that's kind of personal. Is like, in, I, I've really been taking therapy serious, you know, yeah. and um, they, I, they diagnosed me with uh, severe depression, severe anxiety, and complex PTSD, which I didn't even know existed until like two weeks ago. I had no idea. What, I knew what PTSD was, but you always associate PTSD with, uh, you know, soldiers in war. That's the only thing that we mm-hmm. think about. It. But actually, uh, they, I learned that I have that. So like, post traumatic stress is usually associated with one thing that happens, and and that you know you have post traumatic stress from that. Well, complex PTSD is something that you you have or suffer from. Be, because you're living one trauma after another after another after another and it was really hard because I had to look I shut all that stuff out a lot of the things that caused me trauma I blocked it out like have no emotion I got to be strong I can't think about this stuff you know like some of that stuff I completely forgot like like uh, my therapy this morning I was like remembering stuff that had happened to me traumatically um, that I that didn't even cross my mind for all these years you know I'm 45 years old and like I was able to block all of this stuff out so um i think about it differently before i used to think about it like i just got to be strong just suck it up just deal with it just go to work you know just go to work just make it happen now i'm like no i'm really broken and i need to fix all of this stuff
0: and when you say you're remembering now are you are you saying that you're remembering the events or you're remembering the events and how you they made you feel like or you you didn't remember the events at all or you just didn't remember how they made you feel some of
1: the events i didn't remember at all
0: uh, and it's
1: weird because when I, when they then they came back real clear but it, it also takes you back to how that how that um time made you feel or um what i also realized is that i rationalized a lot of things like it, well, it wasn't this it was actually this so it wasn't that bad there's nothing to deal with nothing nothing to see here just keep moving yeah You know, and now I'm now I'm looking back and like, no, that was way messed up or when I was exposed to something I shouldn't have been exposed to. And I didn't realize like they did a test for the complex PTSD and they asked you 17 questions about like extreme trauma. Mm -hmm. And out of 17 questions, I answered yes to having experienced 15 of them. And she's like, whoa, that's like way crazy because they interviewed people that have been to like war and stuff like that. And they're answering nine or 10 or 11 and here I am like having have witnessed extreme violence, sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, incarceration, all these different little these things that are not normal to everybody else. I normalize them in my own mind and that's that shut everything down and then just be strong and pretend it wasn't a big deal. You know, so now it's like, no, nah, this stuff's really a big deal because a lot of it, is, I don't like the way that I would react to certain situations. I don't like how quickly I felt like I wanted to be violent. I don't like how quickly I would lose my temper you know, and even though I had pretty good self-control, a lot of times when I lost it, I lost it. So it, it's just, it's a matter of like, now I can't shut that stuff down because I've got to figure out what what's triggering me, what's making me that way. And I've got to try to fix it so it doesn't happen.
0: And, and was one of your main go-tos emotionally anger? Really? It was always anger. Always anger? It
1: was always anger. Yeah, and, and the way that the therapist explained is that anger is just a symptom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, it, it, anger is like... Uh, the symptom of hurt that's there that it's just the just natural emotion and violence and it's like what i was taught by another mentor is that violence is the result of unresolved anger so yeah. just because it's just like the easiest emotion you know it's like this dude offended me so i'm gonna put hands on him
0: yeah the easiest and 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 although it's not a healthy form but it's also a form of empowerment too right it's well, cool, it's cool to a way inform-
1: because you it makes you feel like you had some kind of control over a situation, okay. but like another thing that I read that really struck me, it says that violence is the lowest form of communication. Mm-hmm. And to us, it was it was different because we were taught that violence was like the the most natural form of communicating.
0: It was the most powerful, right? You could you could be the most ins- insignificant person, but you cre- you you do. A little violent you pull out a gun on somebody or you threaten to beat them up and all of a sudden you have their attention no matter who they are yeah so yeah, yeah
1: it's now, now back in you know back then it's like oh it makes you feel good you did this and that people are talking about it you know you got hands you could fight things like that but now it's like it never really sat well with me because i've never been like a real cold-hearted person just i i convinced myself that i was cold-hearted because i could shut down mm-hmm. certain emotions but I wasn't, I would feel really bad about it. You know what I mean? A lot of times like people I'd get in a fight with, I'd kind of check up on them in a, in a, in a roundabout way and you know, everything cool, everything good. You know, and you, that, mm-hmm. wasn't, that wasn't really cool hearted. So now it's like, if I get in any kind of situation whether it's arguing with somebody or, or any kind of physical thing like that, um, it makes you feel bad, it makes you feel ashamed, you know?
0: Yeah, got it. Vic, what about you?
2: You guys are warming my brain up.
0: Thinking about <laughs> and stuff. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and repeat uh, the question for you, Vic. What are your top three consequences in life caused by not feeling and or showing emotions?
2: The the, the first one is pretty simple, like easy for me. Um, like Philip was saying, um, well, first of all, I suffer, right? I'm I'm like the bearer of my pain, first and foremost. So I got to carry that weight, and I don't like carrying it, and um, you know, the first person that I offend directly is my daughter, right? Because if I'm feeling a certain type of way, I, I can't do anything for, because I don't have time to think about her because I'm thinking about myself, right? Um, um, I've been able to kind of like turn that around, right? If, um, you know, like today, today, perfect day, for example, I've been, I don't know what happened, but I've been dealing with anxiety all day. Right. And luckily, I work with a team of people that I could talk to them about it openly. And they kind of helped me through that process, you know, because we all work in the field where we help people with, you know, that have emotional, mental health issues. So um, just being today, you know, perfect example, it it, it took a dream, it it drained me at work today, you know. But um, the thing that I've been doing is instead of like, like what Philip was saying, sometimes, you know, I, I fight through it, but I fight through it differently today. You know, I, I acknowledge it, that it's there, and then I try to do something about it, right? Go outside, take a breath, drink some water, breathe, relax, close my eyes, listen to music. Like, I'm doing all these things, right? And, and before um, my go-to, right, why, why, why addiction overtook my life for so many years was because I knew that if I drank or smoked or... Injected or inhaled or snorted, right? It would take away those feelings, right? And so that was, um, you know, that that's the thing when, when holding my feelings. That, that that's that's what it does for me for a while. When I used to deal with like depression, and, and it's it's pretty mild now. Um, when I deal with it, um, I used to feel bad for wanting to not deal with it and stepping away from everything, right? Um, but what I've learned about myself and the best way to deal with it is to um, just um, cut off everything that I know that's going to bring me stress and allow myself to take care of myself, whatever it is that day, you know, um, and just relax, you know. And I've communicated that to my daughter, but like, Look, check it out. I'm going through one of my days. If you need me, I'm here. If you don't need me, you can take care of it. Please try to take care of it, you know, and that's the way of taking care of myself, you know, is communicating with my daughter and letting, letting her know what's going on. That way, I don't feel, you know, and because I'm a human being too, right? And I and I, I've learned that I deserve to take care of myself the way that I take care of other people. Um, so that's one thing. Um, another thing. Um, so like, um, there's there's this there's two things that happened in my life that I've never shared with anybody about. I probably not gonna share with them today, but um, anytime I get into like a deep conversation and people start talking about their emotions, these two things rise up, and I know. And when they rise up, I know because I'm talking about it. I know I need to work on it, right? And um, but I, I don't know how heavy these two things are. My I know what how one affects a relationship in my life, right? With a uh, family member. Um, the other one I don't know. I don't know how it's affected me, mm-hmm. and. Um, but that, that's how it affects me too, in a way, right? Because I'm not, I'm not talking about these two big things in my life that are big to me. It might not be big to somebody else, but in my life, they're big to me, right? And that's all that, you know, that, that's all that really matters. I used to try to compare, well, I didn't go through what they went through, I didn't go what he went through, right? Or I've been more through what they've been through, right? And so I do that to justify things and, and, and just say, well, it's not worth talking about, you know? Um,
0: go ahead. I was just going to ask that, uh, the things that you're still working through, obviously there, uh, there's still, there's still a lot of work to be done in those areas. Right. But I'm sure you want to get through those. Uh, and I, and I totally 100% about you. I feel for you not wanting to talk about it here. I would like to ask like, uh, some consequences of that, that you're experiencing because you are still working on those, or maybe because you're not working on them as much as you would like to. Like how is that affecting you?
2: One is with the close family member, and I know that um, um, I think they have some shame or some anger towards me for what, what happened, um, and so I'm not ever able to have a healthy relationship with this person. Right? We can act like we do, but really, we we sort of do, but we don't, and you know, so kind of affects that relationship. Um, the, the other one, um, I, I think it just has. Has um, an effect on my intimate relationship, God. intimate like intimate relationships I have with people. Um, I know I've been close. I know I want to talk about them. Like I've done, like I've done therapy. I've done counseling. I've done twelve step work. I've done like a lot of work. But I've hasn't, and I've shared. Like you know, I've cleared out like a lot of uh, a lot of trash, yeah. garbage that I've had inside. But you know, it's like kind of like I pick and choose what trash I want to throw away. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's not always good. It's helpful. I'm not saying it's not helpful. It's better than holding on to all of it. But those 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 things are still there.
0: And and, um, and if I understand you correctly, Vic, you, you said you've yeah. been to therapy, counseling, the uh, yeah. 12 steps, and yeah. you, and you still have not shared those incidents.
2: No, not those two incidents. Okay. No. So I understood um, you
0: correctly. Um. So furthermore, on that, is it correct to say that you? You're working towards one day being able to, and that's helpful for you. I do like even even even
2: sitting here with you guys, I, it brings it up again, and not it doesn't bring up a feeling of shame, but it brings up a feeling like, right. Hey, I really need to like, I really need to talk about that." I need to, you know, because like, did I have to deal with it? Um, once in a while, it'll pop up, you, you know, and so yeah there there is always a you know the the good thing that i've learned about sharing my um over the years is sharing my emotions and feelings and and thoughts is that it's giving it gives me practice and it gives me courage to like share more and more about things right um six seven years ago i don't think i could have definitely prior to seven years in my recovery i definitely would not be in a podcast talking about my emotions and feelings that's a fact right? Um, within the last seven years, I've, I've grown right through the practice and to be able to know like, oh shoot, I know that this is helpful to talk about it. I know that it's beneficial to share about these things because, from experience, you know? Um, uh, yeah, um, but it, I guess it, it does affect me. Um, sometimes it can get heavy um, for myself. It gets in the way of my physical health. Uh, you know, I've affects my mental health, my emotional health. Um, my, my my spirituality is shot. You know, um, I, I I would figure for me, um, for me, like the really important thing is my 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 spirituality, right? For me, um, when I'm healthy, you know, I have the energy, you know, but I actually think everything connects. You know, everything connects my spiritual, my, my mind, my spirit and my body kind of all work together. You know, if um, I learned if, if if I'm struggling in all areas, I could I could just go little by little in one area and it'll give me the boost to like go well, maybe to the next area, you know, emotions or spirituality and, you know, they kind of all work together. But, um, yeah, um, it has it has had an effect on my physical health. You know, I was working a job a few years ago where um, where it was very straining, very stressful. And, and I wasn't really talking about it. And, and it did have a big effect on my physical health and I gained a lot of weight and I was trying to eat through it, eat and sleep through it, kind of go through the motions, but it was really hurting my, my emotions and my spirituality, you know? And so that's another way that it's hurting. And, uh, I gained that weight a few years ago and I'm having a hard time. losing it. You know?
0: come, come and, visit us our superior, man. we we'll take-
2: <laughs>
0: oh, so I'll go, I'll go with mine. The three uh, consequences for me was that uh, me not showing emotions and feeling emotions, I feel bad because I've made others feel bad and like something's wrong with them. So they could be expressing uh, happiness or be excited about the moment and I could be like stone face. And although I may be happy for them, and um, and a, a level of excitement inside me. It's just like I haven't. I still have so much work to do when it comes mm-hmm. to making those connections from feeling it and showing it and and actually like embracing those feelings. And so that that has sat with me for years now as I've been working on on myself is uh, the way I've made other feel made other people feel because of my lack in ability to show and feel emotions. Two is. I've, I've passed those traits on to uh, to close ones, to family members, and uh, that, you know, may look up to me, have respect for me, and, and hold me in a certain regard. They think, you know, they think a certain way about me, and, and because of uh, maybe some of the accomplishments I've had or, or respect I've gained, they, they look up to me, and so they follow and do some of the same things I do and act the way I act, and I don't want them to, to do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm opening up more. This is uh, you know a, a big way of doing it as well uh, for, for anybody who's close to me to here and those who get to know me in the future is that uh, I'm working on being able to feel more deeper emotions and definitely have a lot more work to go when like showing emotions. And uh, third is uh, missing out and not knowing how much of life I was missing out on. So I, you know, since I was thought I became an adult and I was ingrained in my ways a lot, like you were saying, Philip, I was kind of at a point in my life as a teen, like, you know, fuck the world. I don't, I got, I don't need to feel this. Being cold hearted is, is what's strong. And, um, and that getting you, getting me through so much of life and having a lot of a positive uh, or at least what I felt was positive things come to me in my life. Then I went into adulthood like that. And so I you know, I was pretty numb to, to all the great feelings life has to offer you. And I've really been thinking about it a lot and, and trying to put words to it because it's so hard to put words to emotions. And, and the way that I, I thought about it was like, I, I'm, I'm happy with my life I love my life and so the way that I could put it is like picture your favorite your favorite movie that you've ever known and you've watched it and you could watch it over and over and over again and picture now one day you've been watching not knowingly you've been watching it black and white and now you've got this plasma high def TV and it's all in color. And now you get to watch that same movie. It's a whole different experience. And to me, that's a lot of what this journey of learning, you know, my emotional uh, capabilities has been about. And so now I'm being able to find such great joy and pleasure in such small things that before I may have just been like, oh, that's cool. You know, or, you know, and it's, it's uh, it's a world of a difference when you can allow yourself to, to open up, be vulnerable and feel those emotions. And and to me, I'm finding a lot more strength and, and being more, I would say happy with myself and feeling more like a man, feeling more comfortable in my manhood, knowing that I'm now able to show emotions comfortably and not think I got to hide like, and, and be stone faced. And so th- those are the, the three for me. And so Phillip, uh, let's move on to the next one. Next question, what events in life caused you to become unemotional? Shoot, that, that's a hard one. Um,
1: I'll give you like the overview but I don't wanna get into too too much detail because like Victor said that some, some of that stuff like uh, super personal but I think um, just the things that I witnessed from a small age different different forms of abuse um, being the child of an addict mm-hmm. or, of two addicts actually um, that affected me big time and I didn't realize how much and then later on in life um, just the violence that that was that we normalized. There was a lot of violence around us just and, and it became so normal so those things all all affected me and, and to process or deal with it i had to shut down the emotions on that or like i said normalize normalize them and it's just just the way it is or it is what it is and uh, that's kind of something that i would always say would annoy people I would, it is what it is
0: but it's not
1: supposed to be that
0: way yeah you said it would annoy people yeah,
1: some people yeah. cause like, and that was my that was my answer to anything. You know, you're you're mad at me? Oh well, it is what it is. Someone got beat up? Oh well, it is what it is.
0: You yeah. Know? So and, it just, to people who have emotions and and feel, yeah. yeah, that would be annoying to them. Or and like
1: like you said, you made a good point. I I made a lot of people feel bad because I'm like, well, that was real traumatic to them, but I, I was able to shut it down. Yeah. And not think about it, but it it still left them feeling feeling empty.
0: And so without uh, without getting into detail of the events that happened, can you shed some light on and if, if you can remember, like the moment where you flipped that switch and said, you know, if you were feeling a certain way, I can't feel that way anymore or. or... I,
1: I had always thought that, that the moment when I flipped the switch and became a little bit um, less emotional it was after my cousin Brad had committed suicide and um, after he died. A lot of things changed for me that's kind of when i you know i, I started taking a much more negative path in life mm-hmm. um but it really wasn't now that, now my therapy is really making me uh, realize that it was like the stuff that i had seen since i was a little little kid just um, like being exposed to to sexual things way before a little kid could even process it you know yeah um abuse you know sexual abuse uh, my parents never physically abused me but they abused each other in front of us so this stuff started way before and you know what's crazy is um i read this i was listening to this talk and they were um, uh, they used the example of the, the the jews in europe during world war ii before the nazis had done anything before anything had happened and for some reason, all these Jewish babies just were crying uncontrollably, and they couldn't figure out why they were crying. And um, so basically, they did, did some studies, and they realized that the parents were passing on the stress that they were feeling about what was going to happen with the Nazis. So all that trauma and the stress that the parents were, uh, you know, were feeling, they passed on to their kids. So I think a lot of that stuff is like that generational trauma. Yeah. I believe that that's a, that's a real thing. There's, there's trauma that's passed on from generation to generation. Even if you think about like, what, our, what our people have been through, you know, whether it was Latino people or Native American people, the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the genocide of the indigenous people that w- was kind of swept under the carpet. But we have that in our blood, and all of those traumas are kind of passed down, but we've been, we've been taught to just not feel them. They don't really exist. That was a long time ago. So I, I think I, I inherited a lot of trauma.
0: Got it. Vic, what about you?
1: Mm, this, this is a, I know that,
2: um, I don't know how I learned to become numb. I know that uh, being in the jail system for a lot of my life um, and just being around the homies, I know that at some point in my life, I had to just cut people off for no reason. Oh, well, they did this, oh, well, they did that, well, leave them alone, you know? Um, it was a survival tactic for me, right? Because um, I, I started kicking it with the homies because um, I, I don't know, I could pretend and act to be like this person that I wanted to be, right? Uh, when we talked about violence early earlier, um, I learned like at an early age um, that violence was a way to get respected and then you got respected. People looked at that, that thing and that person and so that of that that I got to deny who I really was inside and I think I think we talked about that before Gilbert was like that scared little kid that I was, right? Um I like I look at my life and I I swear I felt like I was a little kid playing with my wrestlers, playing sports, and all of a sudden I was out there like kicking with the homies at the park every day. Right. Like it just happens. I don't see a transition, right? Um my, uh, my 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 thing like emotions were weird. Were, were like, I don't know. The only thing I look back as a kid, I, I can remember just crying, when I didn't get away my way, um, crying for getting hit, uh, crying for getting beat up. I remember those. Um, I would be happy when I was by myself, mm-hmm. and you know, um, and I would feel at peace when I was with my grandparents. right? when I was with my grandparents. Vic was that my because. Mom,
0: Was that because uh, you were free to show emotions or because you didn't have to um, try to act a certain way or or put a persona on my grandparents? Or when you were by yourself as well?
2: Oh yeah, I I could just be myself. You know, I didn't have to worry about getting, being judged, right? Uh, And I I don't have to worry about anything like that, right? Um, You know, when, when I think about my, uh, my, 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 my mom's friend, my, my, my abuelito, my abuelita, um, there was so much peace at their house, right? Um, I didn't worry about anything. I knew I was safe. Those are the feelings that I felt with them. Um, I, I remember doing a, a meditation, like a deep meditation, like a breathwork shop one time. And, and they asked us like, go to the place where you feel safe. Go where you feel peace. And this was, a, this was I was already, Maybe like 39, 38 when I did this. Uh, and when I did this, I thought about laying down on my, at my 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 grandma and grandfather's house after they fed me and I was on the blanket. because <laughs> it didn't matter how old I was, <laughs> even straight out, even straight out of prison, why whatever, I would get out and I thought I was this crazy old dude and my grandma would feed me and she would still tuck me in after I would eat. <laughs> I did not matter how crazy I thought I was, right? And so that that was my peace, right? And so when I think about those emotions growing up, um, I never could really be myself. You know, it was always hard to be myself. Um, so I learned to be, I learned to be numb. Um,
0: A question for you on that, bit. Yeah. When, like you said, when you get out of prison or or YA yeah. and you go home, yeah. and the grandma feeds you and tucks yeah. you in, are you doing that more? because of your relationship with her and you don't want to hurt her feelings or because that really did help you and you and you felt love because of it
2: I felt love I never ever thought about not hurt her like hurting her feelings God. you know because uh, like the relationship what I had with them was like all pure love right pure love I can I can not see I cannot see them do anything wrong you know um, and um, they, they didn't know they didn't know what was going on you know um it it just those when I think about them those were like my safest most loving people I could hug them and kiss them and those are like the only people in my life that I could think about hugging and kissing now right that wasn't like you know I thought it was just I I felt good with that because I hugged and kissed them every time I saw them and hugged and kissed them every time I left no matter what it didn't matter how old I was where I was at it didn't matter you know which is a trip because I sometimes struggle to give my daughter a hug and a kiss sometimes and that comes from shame for me not always being there or, or fear of being rejected by her because of the, the, the for me not always being around you know but even with even with my mom I, I was just I don't really remember her kissing me mm-hmm. or hugging me unless it was like a very like emotional experience like me getting locked up and her hugging me once you come to visit me, yeah. right? Um, so it's weird. It's one of those things that like um, I've, I've had to work on. Um, uh, um, I was hanging out with Gabi one day and, and, and her kids and her family and, and I saw how she was hugging and kissing her, her daughters, right? And I was like... I'm like how do you do that? Like how do you do that? She's like, it just takes practice, you know. It takes practice. You just gotta do it, you know. I was like, she's like, don't think about it, just do it. You know. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know. And it just, it just, uh, it's just been something big for me, and it's something that I, I practice and, and and do every day before I, I go to work. Even my daughter's asleep, I'll give her a kiss on the head, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I just think um. I, I love myself for so long, like Philip was saying. Um, and and, um, and what you were saying hit the hit the Martin Gilbert, like I, I thought that being a man was like talking and acting a certain way and doing certain things to get respect from people. And just just like you, the more emotional, the more I become in touch with my emotions and my feelings and the way I'm able to deal with them so I don't hurt like my daughter, especially or other, and other people around me, I feel like more of a man, you know? Um, I think I was 35 years old before I could finally look in the mirror and call myself a man. 35 or
0: 36. Yeah. Uh, for me, for me, uh, I, I for a long time, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea where it came from. Like I said, when you grow up thinking that's normal, you, why would you look and try to find what's wrong right so but as my my world opened and i'm get i got exposed to to things outside of my family outside of my regular circle just working on myself personally i started tracing back the footsteps and i think what really helped me was noticing what either bothered me when people acted a certain way or what just seemed totally like foreign to me, and one of the biggest things that um, that was foreign to me, and I, I just couldn't get why people acted like that, where when somebody gets like so excited that they can't even sit still, that they're jumping around, they're just yelling, and it seems even though they're a grown up, they're acting like a little kid. And to me, I've I grew I grew up from uh, from a kid through teenager to young adult thinking like that was a form of like a lack of self-control. And uh, of course, now I, uh, I admire that. And uh, and so that made me start looking back in my life, like when was the last time did I ever act like that or have I ever acted like that? And, and it took me on a, it took me back to a memory to where when I was probably, I would say maybe six or seven and um and i've always had both my parents in my life my mom and they both have, have always uh, had love for me and took care of me and um my mom was a disciplinary one and my and my dad was was more of a the the get to have fun and when it came to disciplinary he never never ever hit us but if he said something then we listened and um and so I, I remember going back, there was one time where he had told me my cousins were coming over to, uh, to come spend the day. And so I could remember now, as a little kid, I started jumping up and down, like waving my arms and, and just excitement. Like if I, if I really concentrate, I could go back and I could feel something like that happening inside of me. So now I, I could tell of what i must have been feeling like a little at, at that age as a little kid and i just remember my dad looked at me a certain way and told me to stop that right now don't be acting like that and he didn't say it to the point where i was scared or anything like that but this was a. Uh, this was somebody that I, that I respected. And like he said, if if he said something, then it goes. And the fact that I disappointed him, the fact that I felt like I disappointed him uh, really sank into me. And I don't think it would have been that big of a deal if it would have been explained to me, like why? But, you know, I talk with my dad now and, and even explaining it, there was no reason why you should tell a kid to not be excited because their family's coming over right but that's just because of how he was raised and so I think it I, I've come to the conclusion that it was that moment that the the switch flipped for me and it wasn't like me being the little kid that I was I could decipher oh well it's cool to feel these emotions and not these ones it's like no you just you shut it shut it all down and so that's where it started for me and then of course you go into junior high and if you've uh, I know you fellas know me and have heard my story but like in junior high I wasn't the most popular kid you know and and just kids are uh kids are out to get you so if you show if you show uh, any emotion one way or another maybe you're you're a goofball and that's considered weak you know or or uh it's like you show emotions like you're sad, that's considered weak. And so I was always like so just reserved and keep to myself because I didn't know how to act. Because you're supposed to show emotions, but I just held them all in. And so that kind of just snowballed effect. Of course, you know, going into, uh, into high school, I start kicking it with the homies. And like both of you have already touched base on, kicking it with the homies is, is not a place to be emotional. And so you could really, it's like, if you show emotions to me, it's from, in my experience, you're either a lame or you're weak. And of course, you don't want to be any of those. And, um, and so that really, that, that's in my teenage years. So that's just kind of setting everything in concrete for me. And then as probably as I'm hitting a, my young adulthood, you know, 17, 18, uh, my parents are going through through trouble at home and uh you know it's one of their most mo- a more serious fight that they're that they're going through at this time and there's talk about splitting up and and things that um that are uh, going on in the house and they rely on me to kind of be their their go-to their you know and uh on both sides so my idea for that to be strong was there's no way that i can show emotions in front of them now like I can't show emotions to any strangers. I can't show emotions to, to my my homies and and then I can't show emotions to my to my family. And so that's that's where it really all all set in to me. And um, now that I now that I'm an adult that or now when I became an adult, that's all I really knew. And I just figured that's the way the world is, or at least that's the way I'm going to be in this world. And, uh, you know, that's how it went down for me. So, Philip, what is your strategy now to work on becoming more in touch with your emotions?
1: Uh, just recognizing it, like not pushing them down, doing my best to not, not push them down, which is an everyday battle, but uh, talking about them, kind of like unlocking all of those things so that the, not, not being afraid to like un- unlock the, the, the trauma and the pain from the past um, so that I could fix it, you know, so that it's not oh. something that's just always for the rest of my life going to trigger me in a negative way. So it's just being o- open to getting help, open to getting um, different opinions, you know, open yeah. to all of that stuff.
0: Vic, what about you?
2: I get, like, I accepting, accepting the feelings, the emotion, right? Uh, uh, if I don't accept it, then I deny it. And then it just keeps coming back at me, right? Um, just keeps attacking me. Um, and, uh, man, um, not um, not beating myself up over, like, negative emotions, right? Right? Um, even today, even, even today, when uh, um, um, when I was dealing dealing with my anxiety, right, and, and dealing with whatever I was dealing with, what else I was doing with today, um, instead of just denying, I accept it, and, and so when I accept it, I can do something about it. it doesn't have to be, you know. I, I mean, I can't go see somebody during the day, right? But I can reach out to people. Um, even being out here, I already knew I was going to talk about emotions, and that's what I need to talk about today, right? Uh, but um, reaching out to friends, expressing myself. Um, feeling um, feeling like I want to cry, but I can't cry because I suck at crying. Um, I've always sucked at crying. Yeah. Um, I can watch sports, like watching sports movies or good sports stories, right? Or like historical sports events. That, that helps me. That actually releases me. I was thinking about that when you about jumping up and down yeah um, um i was thinking about that i was like i can, I can do that and, and you know when, when people when people dance i am so self-conscious of dancing and i won't dance but i really enjoy watching people dance uh, right um, but, uh, but sports is so awful for me sports is where i can let go and like yell and scream right it's the only thing that i like i'm not like self-conscious in because I get so, I don't know, I, th- I know why, because sports, before I started like doing drugs and, and, and kicking it with the homies, all that, like sports was something that always brought happiness to my life. You know, I played sports for years. Uh, my, my, my stepdad, my sister's dad, he, he brought on these, all these good memories and a lot of them were related to sports. Mm-hmm. So sports is always something good in my life that's always helped something good. Uh, and also, I know Philip has talked about that with him and his dad, you know, going going to the game and all that, you know, and yeah, and, and and so yeah, um, but that's how it is. And I, and I definitely do not want to beat myself up over feeling a negative emotion because then it makes me feel worse, and then I suffer. And I don't want, I don't, I don't want to suffer. I suffered for a long time. I don't I don't want to suffer. I, I still allow myself to suffer a little bit, you know. Um, and so um. You know, when I suffer, it's my choice. Nobody else, nobody else can make me suffer. People can hurt my feelings. People can say things. People can feel it the same way, but the way that I deal with it is really up to me. Because you know? my, uh, you guys know, teenage daughters—they hurt your feelings. You know, and yep. they're they're ruthless. They're so ruthless, and then they're so sweet.
1: You know, and, uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't change. though. they they'll still do that. Like, <laughs> that's, still, that's still gonna happen when they're adults, man. Like some of the. Woo! Your yeah. kids
0: could get you. are the biggest source of love usually is your biggest source of pain.
1: Yeah, straight um, up.
0: Yeah, I totally feel that. And I think, uh, I think uh, what you, you guys talking about sports and and your dads and that to me too. I don't. I'm always so used to being uh, and I think that's one of my my things that I fall back to is problem solving. So when somebody's could be emotional about an issue that's happening, I'm just like, well, let's just take care of it. And um, I don't ever take the time to feel what's going on. I just want to go take care of it. Um, and that's whether it's in the family and business, but I, I know when it's come to uh, like uh, watching the Cowboys, not too much lately because the games aren't close, but back when they, you know, when they were competitive, those are the times my heart would be beating in my chest. My palms are sweaty. Okay. If, if they did score a tight touchdown, I may jump up and shout and then just sit right back down. But yeah, and and I know growing up, those were the times where I got to sit and share with my dad, and who who also had those same moments as me. So maybe you know, thinking about it now, that's probably why. Uh, since I subconsciously he was doing it, I probably felt it was okay to do it in those in those moments. So you know, it's
1: weird that, that you guys both mentioned sports because uh, that that's the time I'll lose it. Like I go to games, I'm yelling, I'm cheering, I'm dancing, I'm, I'm all into it, but. Maybe it's at some point we were brainwashed to think that that was the only time that it was masculinely acceptable to show emotion. Yeah. You know, so like, oh, you don't want to be don't don't be acting like a sissy and getting emotional about other things, but sports it's it's acceptable because that's a masculine thing.
0: Yeah. Or if you, which is not uh, true. I, I didn't know,
1: think about yeah. it because that's like what Victor said. It's like that's the only time where I like I'll be dancing when they're playing songs at the stadium, yelling, mad, angry. Yeah happy all kinds of stuff
0: yeah yeah it's it's that and drinking too much tequila right then it's okay to talk <laughs> about your feelings then and show emotions yeah that's um, so what's
1: crazy is because you have like that latino thing right especially mexicans we're like oh, you got to be hard you got to do this you got to shut it all down but bring out some tequila and put on some rancheros and then everybody's emotional bro like my dad yeah. used to be like my dad was like unemotional and then next thing you know he's crying and he's singing these songs and this and that and it's like dang
0: you yeah. And then Vic, you also touched base on like you may not want to, to dance, but that you enjoy watching and dancing. And uh, I think I share that with you a lot. Just being an introvert, like you can almost have as much enjoyment watching people doing the things uh, yeah. and really be involved where people may think like, come on, you're being boring or you're not into this. But it's like, no, we're I- I'm loving it. But what I am finding out is that when I do go out and try it, whether it's getting on the dance floor or something else that I just grew up being used to watch, that there is a different type of enjoyment that, that comes with it. And, and I think that enjoyment comes from uh, either, it could just be growth from trying new things. And then sometimes I, I like it and sometimes I don't, but um, I just want people to know that as introverts, we're not trying to be a buzzkill. Sometimes we're having just as great of a time as anybody else but we could just yeah. we could just get it by just watching.
1: yeah I, I dig I dig that it's funny that he mentioned like seeing people dance I dig that I dig seeing people be themselves because maybe at some point I feel like I can't be myself. Um, you know like I, I remember going by the park one day and there's everybody else was calling them weirdos there's a bunch of dudes that are dressed up in like medieval clothing and they were fighting with like these weird swords and they were like enacting this whole thing and and, and people would make fun of those dudes but I was like that's pretty freaking cool man. Like they're out there just like doing like, whatever they're Loving doing, the, you know, like playing yeah. their uh, Dungeons and Dragons or whatever they're doing, you know. And I thought that's dope.
0: Yeah, the role playing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a part of our uh, what is it called? Mature uh, emotionally maturity. Yeah, I do. I do admire that more and more now. Yeah, and it's not. And it's not. And to me, like sometimes I thought that oh, they must be really like brave to go out there and do this. But to take it up another level, why I admire it so much is that thought's not even in their head. They're not even thinking about what other people are thinking. They're just yeah. thinking because they want to do it. And so that's a whole that's a whole nother level that I uh, I'm looking forward to getting to. Uh and and I have achieved in, in a lot of areas, but I'm looking forward to to be be able to do that uh without even thinking about it, man. Yeah.
1: You,
2: you, you know, Gilbert when you're talking about jumping up and down, you're dad looking at you. Yeah. I, I think I think that's something I've done good with my daughter, right? Like my daughter loves music. Like that's her thing. Music is her thing. And I'll be driving and and uh, she likes West Coast night early 90s rap, the stuff that oh, like we used to listen, right? Yeah. She loves that. And I'm like, yeah? I was like, okay, that's cool, right? And so I'll be playing it loud in the car and we'll just go driving. And she's just like dancing and just doing what she wants and not caring who's around and singing. And I don't say anything. I just watch her and I'm like, that's cool, you know. And, and and, when, and, and, then, and then sometimes we'll take like drives at night or, or coming home and I'll put on oldies and she just like vibes out to oldies, right? And like, that makes me happy that she could be herself and that like I could provide that space for her to do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I just, I see her and, and you know, I didn't, um, I think a big thing too, when you talked about like looking back as a kid about emotions and feelings, it's really hard to identify. I work with kids, right? And so they don't always know what certain things mean. They're like, I, I don't know. I just, you know, and they ask me, is that good? Is that bad? And, you know, and I'm like, they don't because they don't really understand the concept of certain emotions and feelings. But I think I think as us as parents and adults, like I think um, I think um it's like, I feel it's my responsibility to teach these kids about this, right? Like hey What's going on? You know, I've talked to my daughter's cousins. She has, she has a lot of cousins and there's a lot, you know, some of the parents deal with certain issues and so they don't get like certain communication. So like I'll talk to them and what's going on, talk to me, you know, and I'll just sit there and they'll express certain feelings. And and I can see it, you know, and I think my job as an adult is to kind of look and really analyze and identify what they're really going through because a lot of times they, they don't know the words. They don't know the feeling and they can't say it. But if if I see like one of them like being a certain way, I'm like, hey, what's up, what's going on, come here. You know, Um, cause I sure in the hell can't, you know, I sure in the hell can't go back as a kid and remember, yeah, I was feeling a little bit depressed and anxious today at 10 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't know, I didn't even know what that meant so I got older, you know? So I, I I think that's like a big thing, right? As adults, we got to know like watch watch their behaviors, watch how they're reacting, you know, and, 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 you know, not be so selfish with our own crap. sometimes, you know,
0: that, that goes right along for my strategies, which was, was, uh, exposing myself and participating in in events that made me be, be surrounded by new people. And, uh, that was just whether it was going to like a personal development seminar, or going to just some networking event where I totally felt uncomfortable going, but putting myself in those situations so I could be around new people who weren't afraid to show their emotions. And then so I could watch them, I could see how they acted. And that was such an eye opener because I just wasn't used to it. My, your, Our circles are so small the way that you know we came up and because we're afraid to show emotions, we're afraid to try new things because it's unpredictable. And, and, you know, we're afraid of being seen a certain way. So my circle was, was really small, but opening it up and trying new things, being around new people has helped me extremely, uh, paying attention to others and doing my best to experience it with them. So like there were, uh, I've been told plenty of times that I'm like a robot. So my monotone voice, the way I could talk and not like show expressions on my face. And so as a, as a businessman being young and being in charge of, uh, you know, adults and and being responsible for their paychecks, uh, people that are older than me. Uh, I, I felt that that, when they would tell me, call me a robot, I took kind of pride in that. I'm like, cool. Like, you know, I'm all about business. So just do what I ask and there's going to be no problems. But, uh, as I grew up and mature, I realized that, okay, maybe I was a boss, but I wasn't a good leader. And, um, and so I've really tried to pay more attention to what like people are expressing, mannerisms, uh, their facial expressions, and um, the way they're carrying themselves, so I can I can be more in touch with them and not just be wrapped up in me trying to uh, being stone stone faced and and like uh, free of emotions. And so that that has helped me out a lot. And and I touched base on it earlier when I said. I don't like to make others feel bad. And when there's times where there's an exciting moment and somebody comes to share that with me and they have a smile on their face and they come tell me all excited and, and I'm excited too. But my response is like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And I just see their face go from lit up to just straight. I just drained them, you know, and I don't like that feeling and, and I'm getting a uh, and I wanna do my best to, to remedy that. Um, and one more thing, and then I know, Philip, you talked about relationships earlier, and one of the earlier questions, but my wife has been an extreme help in being able, in helping me be able to recognize and show emotions. And um, early on in our relationship, there, there was a point in time, even though I was, I was attracted to her because of her femininity. I was also subconsciously being judgmental of her and about her showing emotions. So, like when she would get excited or act all girly, there would be a part of me that that looked down upon her, you know. And that's that that makes me feel like like crap as a, as a man and a, as a husband. And so, you know, that is a big guiding light of why. that I want to be a better man and more in touch with my emotions so I can be a better husband, a better lover, and which overall will make me a better father, family man than just a man. And so those have been helpful strategies for me. Um, Closing words. Philip, anything you want to close with before we end end this? I would
1: just, I mean... I'm not trying to tell people what to believe, whether you believe in God, the creator or whatever you do. I personally believe in a creator and I believe that the creator gave us emotions to protect us, gave us emotions to feel, to appreciate, to love, to fall in love, to be romantic, to be uh, nurturing and all those things. None of that stuff is weak. Um, And if things have gone wrong, things have derailed it and we, we start to shut those emotions down, which I'm super good at, we've got to fix that because we're gonna pass those things on to our kids and and I'll be honest with you some of the things that I feel the most challenged about like looking at maybe my sons or my or, or my daughters the things that they do that challenge me I see myself mm-hmm. I see my 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 overreactions I see my anger I see my uh you know depression all those things that I passed on to my kids so I guess what I'm saying is that I have to try to fix those things and it's never too late, you know, it's never too late to deal with those things. And, and, um, if there was trauma, it doesn't have to control us forever. You know, mm-hmm. if there are things that, that we're holding on to, um, we need to let those things go, you know, like holding, not forgiving and and not and holding on to anger and things like that is just like drinking a glass full of poison, but expecting the person that hurt us to get sick. It's actually poisoning us. Mm-hmm. So, um, It's just important to deal with it it, it, it's not weak to deal with those things and it's not weak to to have those emotions you know i i look at my grandkids you know like just looking at my granddaughter the other day and watching her problem solve and try to pick something all up by herself it just brought me so much joy just pure joy there was nothing that can block it and that's the kind of joy that i want they say that at least that we should have the heart of a child that's what I want. When I look at that and I just see how pure they are, they're not corrupted yet, all of that kind of stuff. That's what I want for myself. And that's what I want, that kind of energy that I want to pass on to other people.
0: Nah. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on and sharing that with us, Philip. Vic, any closing words? Um, uh, for, for me, I know that
2: I have to find the right people to talk to. There's certain people that I could talk to certain things about. I can't talk to um to everybody about everything. Um, you know, I can't talk to you know, especially with like my my addiction issues. I still, you know, I still have like little tendencies that come up, and that's why I'm still in recovery. So I can't just talk to anybody about it. I have to find the right people. Um, you know, I have spiritual issues. I have you know, spirit people that. I'm the same true beliefs as me, and so I talk to them about certain things, and, and there's there's things that we can talk about here. You know, I, I can't I, I can't um I can't talk to a mom about being a father, you know, I can't talk to a, a teenage kid about being a teenage girl, right? So I find the right resource for me to talk about things and share, you know, um, and um, I guess not trying to avoid the the feeling, the emotion, but I've learned that the best thing for me, even though it doesn't feel good, is going through it, whatever it is, you know, and going through it doesn't have to be suffering, it means going through it, you know, to make it through through the other side Um, and, you know, I've learned that as I've been able to share and talk more, it's made me a stronger person, right? Um, Just not not stronger because, oh, look at me, I have courage, I did this, but stronger because I'm able to identify what the problem is and fix it you know and and it just makes me strong it takes away that thing that I think is a weakness um but yeah and and I guess also too not never not as a negative thing but never feeling like I'm completely fully there and completely forever fixed because life keeps going and and I always there's always issues and problems and so for for me it's a process whatever I'm going through you know so it's always a process and I'm 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 happy with the fact that it's a process because when when I think I'm good and I think everything's okay I could get egotistical and I could also stop taking care of myself and I could get very stagnant and and I could start going back down again you know so as long as as it's something you know I, I guess I um this morning, when I was talking to God, I was just like, um, help me to become more consistent. That was part of my talk with God. Help me to become more consistent. That's what I asked for. You know, nothing too crazy, just, you know, but huge for me. Um, huge for me, just to be more consistent, you know? And that that's the thing, um, Finding uh, um, finding peace in small things, you know? So yeah, that's what I would say from,
0: from myself. Got it. Thank you, Vic. Appreciate you coming on as well. For me, uh, my closing words, Philip, you touched base on it. The kids, man, it's me uh, starting solid foundations. I get to be surrounded by youth all day long and it doesn't matter how drained I'm feeling from uh, whatever's happening during the day. Once I get there and I got, you know, 30 kids in each class just vibrating with, positive energy and all they want to do is have a good time and they don't care who in the hell think what somebody thinks about them, that I get to, I get to be in that energy and feel that energy. So I would, I would pass that on uh, to, to others as, as advice is to pay attention to the little kids in your family. Like you said, like they're, they don't, they haven't been corrupted yet in a lot of ways. And if they, they're just open, raw hearted, like take lessons from that, You know, listen, learn, learn from them, just like you want to teach them and you and you think that uh, they should be learning from you. We can learn from them as well, especially when it comes to emotions. And so uh, I feel strongly about that. And uh, and then I would also add uh, that was that like we have said before on this very episode is pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. As always, I hope you found value in the last episode. I wanted to bring an opportunity to my Solid community, my Solid listeners that are out there right now. If you've been looking for a way to be a part of a crew that instills confidence in the youth, Solid has an opportunity for you. Enroll into our Solid Brick program. What that is, is it's a monthly subscription for a donation to Solid. $50 donation gets you a brick on our Solid Pyramid where you constantly see your name your family name or the bu- the name of your business uh, in the yard where you see all the kids doing their work a hundred dollars will get you that brick plus access to our facebook group which gives you behind the scenes of how we are building solid and also gives you a chance to express your opinions your thoughts on how we can improve and future programs for solid a 200 hundred dollar monthly donation Gets you all those two prior, and also solid gifts in the mail. Sometimes it's gear, sometimes it's uh, what the kids build and work at the class. It's always different, but it's always solid. And you can find our Solid Brick program. Just go to our website, www.sbsolid.org, click the donations tab, and scroll down to Solid Brick program. Once you enroll you'll become official part of our contribution crew. More importantly, you'll know that your money is making a difference in a youth's life here in Santa Barbara. Not only will you have to just trust our word for it, but you'll get to see it on Instagram, on Facebook, on any social media you may be on. You'll see how your money is directly going and improving the lives of children here in Santa Barbara and helping us instill confidence in them through martial arts, work ethic, fitness, and family values. So again, go visit our website, www.sbsolid.org, and I hope I get to work with you and talk with you in our Facebook group soon as one of our new Contribution Crew members.